Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. Okay, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nicks? What the fucking ears? What the fuckaholics? What the fuckers in Phoenix? You specifically, right now, listen up. Tonight, oh, by the way, I'm Mark Marin. If you're unclear what just came up in your head, I am Mark Marin. I will be performing in Phoenix tonight. That's May 3rd at Stand Up Live for one show only. Love to see you there. Come on out. I brought some merch. I did. I'll get, I brought some merch and I'll sign things. I'll give you some stickers and I'll put on a hell of a show. I promise. That aside, I am Mark Marin. Did I already mention that? Don't, uh, don't fast forward. Just listen. Just listen. All right. It's, it's a big show today. I'm about to call Bob Goldthwaite about his new movie, God Bless America, which I thought was great. Also in the show, later on, on this show, uh, Mr. Wayne Coyne, the uh, the front man for the Flaming Lips. Hell of a guy, sweet guy. We had a great time. Hung out in the hotel room in Oklahoma City. I'm uh, thrilled to be bringing you this interview because it was, uh, I you know, I was a bit of a fanboy. I got to be honest. I was uh, I was excited to meet him. Because he's done some great music, and uh, and you just don't you make assumptions about people, and and I I tell you we 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 hit it off and we had a we had a blast. Where's he, he's still texting me? We we text each other weird photographs. I, granted, his are weirder, but uh, every once in a while, out of nowhere, Wayne Coyne will just uh, I'll just see a text come up, and it'll just be uh, some weird uh, <laughs> you know death picture or mutilated hand or. Uh, a giant uh, rabbit with boobs. It, yeah, it's a uh, it's a very exciting relationship we have based on pictures. Just texting back and forth. That aside, I got a haircut, and I don't want to make a big deal out of this, but it's a big fucking deal. I'm kind of a girl. Some of you have already uh, assumed that, and some girls are saying, "What does that mean to be kind of a girl? Maybe you're just a guy who has this thing that he does." Well, look, I'm I, I used to be really uptight about my hair. I literally had one woman who could cut my hair, and that was it. And she's in New York, and I would sort of build my haircuts around going to New York. And sometimes, if I didn't go to New York for months and months, my hair would become horrendous. I'm too old to be walking around with long hair. I, I have the I have weird gray curly sides that just stick out straight out. And then I have this top that's all straight and it just sort of sits on the sides. So it kind of wings up. And if I don't put gook in it to keep it tame, it I just look like some sort of weird clown balancing something that look, landed on my head that looks like hair. That's how I see myself. A lot of gray. The bushier the gray gets, the more crazy and weird and old professory I begin to look. So I got it in my mind. I'm going to get myself a short haircut. Fuck it. I've had short haircuts before, but I don't know how many men are like this, but I've gone through periods in my life where I hang a lot of my identity on my hair. I guess everyone sort of does that. And you build relationships with hairdressers. Some guys are just like, fuck it, got the $12 cut at Supercuts. I've never been able to do that because I, I don't feel like they pay the proper attention to my hair. Then I started to realize, oh my God, you know, some hairdressers are like cult leaders or or perhaps acting teachers. There's a similar vibe where you build up this weird dependency and you think they're the only ones that could possibly understand your specific and very special hair. But But obviously, again, there's the fact that, well, that looks good. But I had this hairdresser. She's great. Gabrielle in New York. And she would cut my hair really short and be like, it's too fucking short. And then would grow out perfectly. And I'd be like, oh, my God, she has foresight. She actually knew, 
you know, when she cut it really short, that it would grow out exactly perfect. She's a genius. And I'm not saying she isn't. I just don't fucking live in New York. So I got in my mind, I'm going to get one of these, you know, these, you know, old style razor cuts. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to a men's haircutting place and I'm just going to get one of those cuts. Like, just fuck it. Take the sides in a little, leave it a little long on top, knock yourself out, get those buzz clippers out. Let's fucking do this. But I had to build up a lot of courage to do that. You know, I'm, I'm a fan of the straight shave. And there are these places that, you know, would be called, I don't know if they're hipster or, or shishi or stupid, but you know, there are these straight shave joints that do the razor cut old style barbershops. There's a joint here called Sweeney Todd's that my buddy uh, Coop turned me on to. And I've always been a little uh, weird about that. You know, okay, we're going to dress up like it's 1940. We're going to have the old barber chairs. We're going to do that business. We're going to have some some dudes wearing the whites with the razors and the brushes and they make the nice smelling powder and all that stuff. And I'm like, that's a little bit much, but but I got it in my mind. I decided that somehow I had shifted from this is a, a try too hard hipster joint to this place has integrity. These guys know what they're doing. I'm going to go there. Barber shops for men. That's what this is modeled after. So I put my name on the board. I was fourth and, and they're really playing it up. You know what I mean? They're playing it up the whole scene. You know, like you're not allowed to drink in there. You can't have a you know a coffee or something. No drinks in the establishment. And finally, this dude, Rudy, he cuts my hair. He's a big dude, big, you know, heavy set Latino guy. Everyone's got their hair slicked up in the old way, like from the 30s and 40s. And I'm like, that's oh, a little affected. But I want to get I want to I want to have this experience. I want a man's cut. And I'm um, getting my hair cut. He's buzzing away at it. And I'm like, all right, I'm okay. I can live with this. I'm going to get a shave too. It's going to be nice. And they're, you know, running a class joint, right? Class joint. Some guy puts his foot on the on the seating area. And the Rudy goes, yeah, could you not put your foot up there? You know, yeah, it's a classy joint. I'm like, all right, this is all right. So I'm getting my hair cut. And it's working out. I'm, I'm a little nervous. But I, I realized at this point in my life, thankfully, that uh, my entire identity is not hinging on my hair. I know in my heart it will grow out if it sucks. And I'm not getting a buzz cut, which I did once. And I swear to God, I didn't know who I was for a month. It was tragic. That's how thin my sense of self was as a younger man. I just said, I'm just going to go get with you know, a punk rock buzz cut. And I literally looked in the mirror and I was lost. I didn't know who I was. And I just thought that everybody else saw the same thing. So I wandered through the streets like, I don't know. I don't even know my name anymore. They took my identity. But those days are over. But the weird thing was, is I'm sitting there and, and dudes were coming in and putting their names on the board. So there was about four or five guys waiting. And some guy, they're talking about hot rods and strippers. But I don't know. Is that the kind of conversation dudes had in barbershops in the 40s? They're talking about car parts and hot rods and, you know, chopped vehicles and, you know, strippers. And then some dude that was sitting on the chair just starts talking about his buddy who uh, they had started talking about going down on women. And then they started, this guy started talking about his buddy had never gone down on a black girl before. And when he did, he got an electrical shock in his mouth, like a nine volt battery. And I'm thinking, really, are we talking about this? And I'm just listening and everybody's chiming in. And then they started talking about having sex when a woman's on their period. And I'm like, is this really the forties? Would this have happened in the forties? And then, you know, there, there's, there's blood involved. And then there's a story about a stripper who had a tampon in. And I'm like, holy shit, what's going on in here? Is this the same place where I couldn't drink a cup of coffee and you just yelled at a guy for putting his shoe on the fucking couch and now we're talking about strippers with tampons hanging out? I thought there was a double standard working there, but needless to say, I got a great haircut and I dig it. It's a haircut that I got to slick back and it's a haircut that should be manageable and I don't know what the moral of this story is. 
you know what? It, they probably were talking about in that in the 40s. What the hell else are you supposed to talk about at a barber shop while you're getting your hair buzzed by a razor? All right. Let's call Bobby Goldthwait. I, you know, I saw this movie. Uh, I've talked to him before. I'm very proud of him. He makes the kind of movies he wants. And this this one is one of those, it's it's definitely a satire, but there's a lot of heart to it. There's a lot of uh, passion in it. It's called God Bless America. And I just wanted to, to give Bobcat a call and uh, and tell him I loved his movie. Can we do that? Let's get him on the phone here. Hello? Hey, is this is this Bob Goldthwait? <laughs> yes, it's... Well, yes, it is. It is Bob Goldway. Hi, Mark. <laughs> That's How right. How are you? I, I'm fine, man. I'm, I'm, what, I'm glad that you knew it was me. Did you see my number on your phone? Come on, play along. We're doing a bit. Okay. All right. All right. Hello, uh, stranger. <laughs> How are you, Bob? It's Mark Marin. Hey. Uh, How are you doing? <laughs> big, uh, big fan. Well, thanks, man. I'm a big fan of yours, too. But the reason you know what's I'm, funny, what? I'm, I'm in New York doing press for this, my new movie, right? Yeah. Uh, I was sitting there, and they have like a, you know a junket, and they have a little group of reporters, and they said, um, you know, you you need to call Mark Marin, and everybody was super impressed. That was kind of cool. Like they were like, you're going to talk to Mark Marin for real? Isn't that cool? Are you serious? Yeah, they were like really excited. Oh my god! I'm going to use that how I get out of anything I need now. I have someone come in. Mark Marin's on the phone. <laughs> oh man, that's uh, that made my whole day. I, you know, I don't even know if we need to have this conversation. That's all I needed to hear. Did you need to talk to me about something? Uh, actually, you know, we don't have to put my movie. We can just talk about cats. Something that we didn't really <laughs> touch on. That we're both, you know, because I listen to your show and you talk about the cats, but. Yeah. I, could I actually, didn't even get to talk about my cat. I could get a cat in here if it'd make you feel more comfortable. You want yeah, me? To, we'll see. Uh, if you get monkey to come by, it'd be great. Yeah, I, well, monkey's in the inside. I, the best I can do is boomer or a stray. That's the best I can do in the garage. <laughs> so wait, now wait. I do want to talk to you about the movie because I saw the movie, and it's not you know, not common for me to actually uh, you know do research or actually you know know about my guests particularly well. But um, I did watch your movie, and I fucking loved it. Oh, awesome, man. Thanks. Thank you so much, man. I, that, that means a lot. Thank it's you. a lot of blood and guts, man. And it's a, you know, it's hard to push it, pull that much blood and guts off and, and still have it be funny and cutting. And, uh, yeah, it was like, uh, it was some, uh, some serious raw to the bone satire that you made there. Thanks. And you know, what's kind of funny is I don't even have an appetite for gore. Like I actually get turned off a little bit freaked out, but I had no problem shooting a baby in the opening of this new movie. <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought it was uh, I thought it was great, and the the weird thing about it is somehow or another you've managed, you know, not unlike many uh, of your movies, that you you create your own tone, and yet somehow or another, you know, at the end of this this bloodbath, I don't want to give too much away, you still have sort of uh, you, as an audience member, you, you're still you know pretty emotionally invested in these characters. Yeah, it is kind of you know that you know if, if people do enjoy the movies that I'm making, it, it that seems to be the thing that hopefully comes through that you empathize with people that are going through horrible things or doing terrible things you know well i think um, i think with this film you, you you know sort of midway through that we're you know we're not talking about something that's necessarily you know grounded in a in a reality that is possible uh in the sense that like yeah. oh no exactly i mean this is not you know i, I consider all of them like little fables but especially this one like i was doing a q and a and the other night and this kid goes Hey man, how come they don't get caught? And I'm like, 
Dude, it's not real, you know. <laughs> I didn't want to, I did, and I also didn't want the movie to be like, I didn't want to cut back to a scene where Harvey Keitel was looking at a giant map going, I've got to get inside their brain. <laughs> how, I've got to figure out how they think. What are they going to hit next, you know? But the, the the great thing about it, I, I mean, if people, uh, I don't know what how much people have read about the movie, but it, it's it's really a, a kind of a, a road killer movie. There there's some the two people that are involved are not romantically involved, they're not sexually involved, but they're bonded by something that is definitely emotional, and and it's sort of a riff on Badlands, isn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Badlands was one of them. Yeah, that was a, a huge influence. That and the the movie Network, but. Yeah, but you know what's kind of funny is that I think we all, you know, you know, the, the two of them, you know, I always say that uh, a good relationship is not based on liking the same things. It's, it's based on hating the same things, you know? Right. And um, and these two, it's it's not like it's a diatribe of, of people and things I dislike, because the girl in the movie just hates everything. She's a, you know, a 16-year-old girl. You know, she, if it was up to her, she would kill, <laughs> you know, everybody, you know. Right, starting at NASCAR fans and stuff, but but some of the stuff when they're talking back and forth is really just kind of it's nice to have somebody that listens to you, you know. So, yeah, while so, while you're killing people, while you're out on the road <laughs> killing people, yeah. But you know, I, I like to say that it's a very violent uh, movie about kindness. Well, I think I, I, I that that's a good way to describe it. And and the 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 interesting thing about the, the main character is a guy who we're all familiar with. He's he's a guy who's had enough, and he's had enough of the things that uh, those who will like this movie have, have had enough of. And the sort of uh, the trouble you go through to sort of you know capture uh, you know how TV represents the never-ending flow of of bullshit and and just um, uh, complete moral bankruptcy that we all are are, are flooded with on a day-to-day basis out of our television uh, was really painstaking and it really paid off because that stuff can, can fall short sometimes. But I thought the, the way that you, you satirized, you know, Fox news, American idol and, and all of those shows that you chose as targets uh, you obviously liked it because, and you knew it looked good because you spent a lot of time doing it and it paid off, I think. Well, thanks. You know, and, and one of the things I was really kind of going after, hopefully, was was our, uh, our ourselves. You know, our own, our own. You know, all of us. Our, our what, why? Why do we have this appetite for these distractions and 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 not really deal with things on a on a on a human level? Instead of you know, I'm not telling people that they shouldn't watch reality shows or that every conversation should be super profound. But but I am saying, you know, you know, why don't you just connect? You know, tell you know, just connect with people, you know, that, that, that's what I think's missing. And, and it wasn't essentially a political movie as much as it was just a, it's sort of a, a, an attack on bankrupt American culture. Yeah. And it's this culture of just being really nasty, you know, um, you know, that, that's almost a product now, our nastiness, you know? Um, and, and, and I can't say that, you know, look, I'm guilty of it. I just made a few years ago, I made a decision to try to not, not try not to. I just, I actually stopped, celebrity bashing in my act and things like that just because different things inspired the movie you know when when people were being at the town hall meetings and people were just shouting or, or watching the president you know on the house floor being called a liar I, look i'm no george bush fan but if someone had done that to him i would have been just as upset like where are we as people that our elected officials can't even act right you know have you got any flack yeah, you know, but but I have to say, it's only been from like really extreme kind of conservative side of things. Yeah, what what was their what did they say? 
You know, it's liberal snuff porn. <laughs> liberal snuff porn? Are you going to use that as a blurb? <laughs> I should. If you see one liberal snuff porn this year, make sure you see Boscrest Gold Farms. God bless America. Oh, my but, God. I think, but, you know, but different things, too. You know, and then there's always the battle cry, you know, that this is going to inspire people. And I'm like, well, if it inspires, the message of the movie is to be nice. So if it inspires people, that'd be great. But, you know, the, the reality of it is if you could take a healthy person and turn them into a killer by making a movie, the the military would be making a lot of movies. You right. Know? Um, right. <laughs> you, you didn't upset Diablo Cody? She was hurt, and and I have to say that just being mean for being mean, uh, I, I'm not down with that. I did write that line about Diablo because my daughter's a really funny person, and whenever she says something funny, people go, "You're like Juno," and she's like, "Dad, I want to stab them right in the fucking throat when they call me Juno." <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so you did it for your kid, so that's all right. Well, it's it's a pretty rough one, and I heard her on your show, and after that, I felt like kind of an asshole, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to send Brooks and flowers or something. I, I think uh, that should cover it. That should that should do. Well, that's the weirdest thing. And like you said, you don't you don't shit on celebrities anymore. It's because the like I I've had an issue years ago with Adam Sandler where you know celebrities are part of the cultural fabric, and if they're a big enough celebrity, you, you know they they're part of the culture. So you know most people can just shit on them. And but you know when you're in their circle or or you're 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 a phone call away from them, then it's all of a sudden that guy. It's not like the per, it's not like a celebrity, so it makes it kind of tricky to do effective satire. You know when it might come back at you at a dinner party. Yeah, you know uh, uh, Barry Crimmins is always like uh, pounding me on that, going Goldberg, you got to pick your targets a little better. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I have a shotgun approach, but. For, for the most part, I think the the movie's about ninety percent responsible. But did you? Uh, was it satisfying to? I, I mean, I have to assume that some of the, uh, the 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 reason why you did this movie is so you could create this you know fairly lovable and sympathetic uh, serial murderer of things that are annoying. Uh, there had to be you know some party that's sort of like I get to finally say it all. Well, you know what's funny is, like, I can honestly say I wasn't sure what people were going to make of it, you know? And, and when we watched the movie in the Toronto Film Festival, and, and, and Frank, you know, Joel Murray, who does a, a really amazing job, started getting applause during these speeches. I, I got to tell you, I didn't expect that, and I actually got super choked up. Um, you know, I, 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 it just felt really nice. It was uh, one of the nicer kind of uh, showbiz moments of, of, of my career. Well, I loved it, man, and and, uh, and good luck with it. I'm glad it's working out. Well, thanks, man, and uh, and uh, I'm so uh, I'm so happy you liked it. It really meant a lot to me because um, uh, I actually, of course, uh, I don't know if it's just that, that I, I I'm a big fan. So thank you. Man. Well, thanks, Bob, and, and we'll talk about cats another time. Yeah, I'll have to introduce you to Madeline Perman and stuff. All right, well, maybe we can, I don't know, do, are, is there such a thing as a cat dinner party? If I can get mine into a box, I'll bring them to your house. <laughs> okay. All right, buddy. I'll tell you what, you can't get Detective Carla Whiskerson in a box. You can't, who the hell is that? Am I supposed to know? That's my cat. That's your cat? Yeah, Detective Carla Whiskerson. She thinks <laughs> out of the box. <laughs> all right. Thanks all right. so much, Mark. All right, buddy. Bye. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Oh, it's good to talk to Bob. Now, that's a sweet guy. This is a sweet guy show. Got Wayne Coyne in a minute. Bob's a sweet guy. Go see his movie if it's around by you. It's bloody, but it's good. Love talking to Bobby.
You have no boundaries. A little light on boundaries. Right. But look, you're holding the iPhone. We just tweeted a picture of us. Oh, are, I should. Yeah, yeah. Are, are boundaries relevant anymore, Wayne? I mean, are... Um, no. <laughs> I mean, but, but, we do, but we do art and stuff, you right. know? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad in some professions... You know, that there are guidelines and standards, sure, you sure. know. Yeah, you fly a lot. I do. I'm glad there's standards, aren't you? Well, I'm, I wish they I'm, were stricter. Yeah, I'm happy about <laughs> rules. I had a, especially in an airplane, but I had that moment flying in here because I flew from LA on a smaller plane. Yeah, yeah. And then there's that moment where you're like, how do I know? If that guy knows what he's doing. Oh, don't even, that's not even talk about it. I know. Why? It's horrible. Will you have that moment? I think about it all the time and then I think, oh, well. No, it's horrible. You've got to trust somebody. You're, no, you're completely at the mercy of... No, I, every time I get in a plane, I think that same thing. And it's not really funny, but it's part of... I'm not... A, you know, I always say this, but I'm not a control freak. No. But, you know, there are times when you just... You do. You have to let go. And I think, it, I think it's wonderful to let That's go. That's the moment. Yeah, that, that, I've, I've, I've said that before. I said that the moment you become spiritual is not when you're praying on an airplane, but it's when you realize you can't fly it. Well, do you think about that? Of course. Yeah, it's horrible. Like if the guy, let's say he's a, he's a great guy, yeah. but he has a heart attack. Right. And then what do you do? Well, I don't go that far with it. <laughs> I, I generally, what I do is when, when I'm sitting there going, we're fucked, the plane is shaking. I say, you know what? You don't know anything about flying. Uh, it's completely out of your control. Oh, no. You're going to have to sit with that. Exactly. No, exactly. See, but I, tr- I, I, I talk to pilots as, as much as I can. Really? You go into the cockpit? Yeah, or? No, I just mean like when <laughs> I... When knock I, on the door? No, it's like, like I, know, I know a few. Oh, and you I, do? And I've met some here, and then I'm like, yeah. you know, really, should we worry when it's shaking? And they're like, no. no. You know, anything to worry about. What I, what I heard is that you got to worry... I worry now about... Uh, my my paranoid fantasy on airplanes now is another plane is going to hit the plane. Oh, I'm totally! On. Don't even st- I know. Don't even. That's that's the one. Why? Why has this gotten in your mind? Because I've heard of some close calls lately. Right. Right. And 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 that's like if I the image I have of dying on a plane is all of a sudden I just the last thing I see is another plane. Totally. I know. I think about that all the time. I thought about it just last night flying in because it's cloudy and there was an episode of Breaking Bad. I don't watch Breaking Bad, but I heard about it where the one of the air traffic controllers has his daughter has, yeah. has, has died and oh, he's, yeah, yeah, still, yeah. he's still he's right. still not yeah, in it. Yeah. And then he's all stressed out and he doesn't do his job right. right. And he crashed. Boom. It's horrible. Yeah. But what the worst. But what would be what would happen? What would you see? You know, it's not like you just die instantly. Like, oh, you just boom. You just, well, you know. I, I think like I think about that, too. That moment where it's like how much how much horror is going to happen. I mean, what do you mean? What would you see? You would just see like uh, there would be this blast of shit. And then like you probably black out if you were lucky. If and you're if, lucky. If you weren't, you'd be like, I'm falling. Yeah. No, I, I think about that all the time because why would you black out? I mean, people jump out of parachutes shock, and you'd freak out. I mean, I don't you know, think like, shock would the, do the it. The wind would be sucked out. Well, of hopefully the, that would happen. That the wind and everything because you're, yeah, really, you're going so blow fast. Up, dude. There's that it would just gas. Yeah. Well, no, I know. I know. And it would hopefully it, it would just be fuck and then yeah, yeah. And that's it yeah yeah but it, that's the best you can hope for the well, worst you yeah. can hope for is like oh this is happening and well, it's still happening well, well i've been on a, <laughs> a, just you know one plane was really bad where the where the engine went out oh man And they tell you you know that hey what did he say we, we've done this before and it, everything's gonna be because well, right. you could tell the engine went out I no i felt it you did no, i felt it i was i was walking back to the bathroom and there was this little whoosh, yeah and the pilots didn't know but the 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 intercom yeah. was accidentally on right oh no and they were so, like oh no i think the engine went out no and, you did not 
I heard it. No oh, one else shit. heard it, but I heard it. Yeah. And I came back and I said, do you hear that? And everybody was like listening to their iPods and stuff and didn't hear anything. And you're the only one who knows? And then he came back on. He said, well, we've had an engine failure. Oh, my God. But we can fly perfectly fine on one engine. And you think, well, why? what if the other one fails? Yeah. I mean, I thought we had two. Yeah. And then now we have one. And, and it, you know, and it seems like they know what they're doing. But still, you're at, you know, 40,000 feet. And it takes you, you know, 40 minutes to get down. Right. And the whole time you're like. Jesus. It's Jesus. always my assumption yeah. that like shit is just going to happen so quickly and that you want to believe that, but you probably might have some time depending where you're sitting. No, I mean, you know, you see you see how long it takes for a plane even even to fall. Yeah. I mean, you would be you'd know it's falling. But yeah. you think about death a lot. I think about it all the time. But then, you know, but then it passes and you deal with it. But I mean, why wouldn't you? Well, I know yeah. in those quiet moments, it's like, you know, it's <laughs> You got that moment where you're like, all right, this is how I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. And boom. Who the fuck knows? But I mean, I listened to I did. Uh, I was like going over. I was listening to your shit on the way here because I've listened to it over the years. And I just was dumping a bunch of it into my head in preparation. Oh, to good. Meet all you. right. Nice. All right. And uh, and it's amazing how often the the sort of the struggle with the acceptance of death as part of life is part of your rap, man. It is. Well, I think those I've always said, you know, the. You write songs about things that you can't control. Really? And so, you know, this is your way of fighting back or just, or, right. or accepting it yourself or talking yourself right. into like, you know, it's going right. to be all right. Because everything else is just, you know, you don't, you don't care. <laughs> yeah, it does, yeah, it yeah. doesn't occupy the, the fear, yeah. the fear spot in I your try, head. I try, I try you know. not to do the death thing that much. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, no, but I mean, you know, as you get older, yeah. there's nothing you can I, do. How old you, are you? I'm 51. I'm 48. And you look in the mirror and you're just like, oh it's my happening. God. <laughs> I know. It's like, you see these, I see old people all the time. I'm like those poor old oh, fuckers, uh, you know? And then it's like, uh, and then I'll, I'll forget. Cause you feel the same. I mean, yeah, to I me, know, exactly. you know, yeah. it's like you turn 20 and that's yeah. just the way you feel till your you brain die. doesn't change. Your brain no. doesn't change. It no. just loses some shit. But you look in the mirror and you're like, oh, oh man, shit. There's yeah. no stopping yeah. this. Thing. No, yeah. and sometimes it's cool because yeah. you're like, well, you know, I could be doing a lot worse sure. or look at me, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm cool or whatever. Right. But other times you're just like, I don't know, you know, it's coming. I guess yeah. that's, that's the thing. When you're young, it's yeah. such a, yeah. it's on such a distant horizon. Right. Right for real. So, I mean, sometimes yeah. you'll panic about it, but you're probably not, you know, you're out of the woods until you hit about where we are. And then it's like, yeah. it's just right over there. Well, or you know guys that are younger than you have that heart attacks, have heart attacks. Kicking it. I know some dudes that are dead. <laughs> Man, this is a great way. You know what? This is going to end. This is funny. Hey, this is it's, funny. No, it's going to yeah. end when we're all, it's all going to make sense. Because I'm just having these same feelings where, where I lay in bed sometimes at night, and I just hear myself breathing. Mm. And I'm just laying there. Mm. My girlfriend's snoring next to me. Yeah. And there's that moment where you're like, is this it? This is it. I mean, this is like, I mean, this is life. This, I mean, this is what's happening right now. And, and this is all there is. And, and, and it could just go away. Jesus. Now I'm getting a panic attack. You just, are? You, Cause the way you were, see now that you start talking about it is see, I try to psychically connect. Yeah. yeah. Which is good. Yeah. You know, then it's like, Hey, if you're doing good, I'm doing good. But then if you're, if you're freaking out, I'm not freaking out okay. at all because okay. like, even when I was listening to your music on the plane over here, there, there seems to be a very conscious integration of this whole flow of things. There's a, like, I, I understand, you know, you say it's out of your control, but you seem to be having some acceptance, at least poetically of the situation at hand. Well, I think, like I said, by singing about it, you kind of get something in your in your mind or in your life or in your way you're like okay you know did you grow up here yeah 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 wasn't born here but i think my my parents 
had me and then left out of Pittsburgh as quick as they could. So to we, come here, to come here of all places. Yeah. What what yeah. kind of what was the business of the the old man? It was. I think he was he was offered some kind of um, he was going to be the manager of like an office um, thing. You know, where you go and install desks and all these oh, things yeah, in yeah, office yeah. buildings and right. stuff. Um, and I don't think they had any idea what Oklahoma was like. But I think. Um, they didn't like living around. They had a giant family, as people used to, you know, sure. back in the day. And they they wanted to run away. I think they were sick of their families. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. There used to yeah. be a beauty to that. Like mom's yeah. just right down the street, and then someone yeah. realized we can put mom further away. <laughs> <laughs> well, as soon as you get a car, yeah. No, but I mean, I, for me, I I I love that idea of living around my brothers and my yeah. mother and all that sort of stuff. But I think for them, it was a way to say, well, we're not. We can just do our own life, so which you, I think I have some of that in me as well. Sure. As I get older, you know, my my mother and father they would never talk about it like that right they would always talk about it as just real matter of fact like well we moved and that's where we lived we right. didn't think about it too much right but me i mean i think about everything too much yeah all the time so yeah like, oh my god and so you know after they had died you you are always left with these questions that, that can never be answered they both passed away they not at the same time but i'm mean, no, little by right. little right. but but then you can't you can never know. No, there's a lot of things I've been thinking about that with my with my father and with my mother who are, who are, who are both still with us. That there's some there, there's some things you'll never know even when they're alive. Because yeah, yeah, how yeah. do you ask them? Well, I know. Or well, my <laughs> mother would just say she said, "Oh, I don't remember." Right? Like, what do you mean you don't remember? I think that's the gift of aging sometimes because I forget shit, and maybe that's the way it's designed. Some people think like it's sad that people forget. There's some shit that I'm <laughs> I'm willing to let go, Wayne. I no, see, I think for them, they never thought of it as being a significant, important thing like we would. You know, right. why would you leave? And they were like, well, I don't know, we needed a job. And then that just led to the next right. day. And but you ask day. questions about yourself, like, you know, why am I like this? How come like, yeah, I well, got to yeah. track that thing down? Well, I do all the time, but I try not to worry about it. You, you know, can't worry about yeah. it. You got to accept yeah. that too. Yeah. Like I'm a freak, just like my dad. But I, I mostly accept the good things. I yeah. think, Well, look at me. I'm lucky. I get to do this thing. I get to make music, and that, that's my job. Right. You know, I get to make music and travel yeah. around and all the things that I like that I'm not responsible for. I mean, sometimes I think about like, why do you like the food that you like? It's not like a choice. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just spent an hour and a half driving around everywhere to find a fucking barbecue place. <laughs> Did you go to Leo's? Yeah. It's good. It is good. Yeah. Yeah. You've been there. I think I have over on 36th Street. Do you eat Street. meat? You eat it? I do. I mean, I try not to eat as much red meat now. Yeah. See, because we're talking about being old, you know. Yeah, yeah I got to go to the doctor. Yeah. We're, we're going to get at We're pulling the plane up here. This plane <laughs> is not going to crash into us sitting here going, oh, fuck. We're just a couple of old guys hanging on. No, I think people don't realize how much that, but that... It's we're scared. That's why we do uh, music, and you you tell you your comedy. ridiculous sure. stories and stuff because yeah. it's like I, yeah. But otherwise, it wouldn't be you interesting just, if you no, just we'd, we'd just be walking around crying and screaming, <laughs> or that we wouldn't care about anything. I mean, I love it when I run into people that are just like, man, I don't care. You know? Yeah, you, don't you wish you could be like I them? Do. Sociopathic. I do. Yeah, I do. I do. There were some guys on the plane last night. It's really? Just like just didn't just, give a fuck. It just doesn't matter. They know the plane's gonna. It's not going to crash because they're on it. Yeah. You know, I'm like, dude, that, that's not how it works. But it, in their mind. But this is their party. You think so like, well, if they know that, then I guess I'm OK, too, because I, I, so I do sure. kind of. But that's what I mean with this psychic connection. You know, if you're around, if you, sometimes I think you're sitting around a bunch of people that are secretly fearing the same thing. Of course. Everyone. You, you pick up on that. We're just you know people. I mean? So I'm going to be around people like the dudes that were sitting around us last night. They're partying. They're having a good time. Right. They're just like, right. They're talking about all the crazy shit they were doing. And they don't even notice the plane took off. And I'm like, I, I, I wish I was and like you're that. like grabbing on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, holding the, the fucking things. I've gotten a little better, man. Sometimes I pass out like right when we take off. Like I think it's the shift in oxygen. Like almost always, like seconds before takeoff, I'm like, and I and I usually wake up like like two or three minutes later when we're just up. Uh, you don't mean you don't mean pass out. You just mean like you doze all asleep. Yeah, because I think of the ox. I think it has something to do. I just realized with the change in compartment uh, wow. pressure. But I I, I I fall asleep all the time. You know that that. But I don't stay asleep. That happens to me. It does, right? It does. It's I, maybe it's stress or something. I don't know. So but like right at takeoff, you're just like boom. Yeah, or like you've—I don't know—you're sitting there and it's like I, I think I, it's an air change. You, you do, maybe, or maybe I don't, I don't even seem we, we have similar experience yeah. with flying. I mean, you think that would be the time that you would be just the most scared, freaked out, and there'd be nothing, you know, that right. you would just be, oh my god. But it's maybe the that's opposite. what happens. You just—it surrenders. You go into such an intensified panic yeah. that it's time for the body to just give you a break. No, I hate it because I try to fight it because I want to be well, awake to make sure if we're going to crash. You what would be you awake do for that? Yeah. <laughs> Like I'm gonna help. I, I don't know. Oh, I'm yeah. throw a throw a raft. You really think you're gonna help, or you just no? Gonna... I don't know, but I I just it seems to be unaware. Yeah. For me to be unaware of what's going on is worse than being aware, even if it's a it's a no. Fiery, I think I think that's probably death. true, but I think you might be a little bit of a control freak then. I see. I, I wonder about that. Are you? Have you thought well, about I, that? I I tend to like. I have to struggle with that. You, you know, like I. I think it all comes out of fear, and you'd like uh, your shit to to be in place. And, sure, yeah. And the best way to really find out uh, whether or not you're a control freak is how many women you've sent away. Ooh, that that really? well, yeah. In the way that, like, you know, if you've had relationships where right. you know you you've ruined them uh, because of your, uh, your your jealousy, your inability to uh, to let them have oh. their own space. Is your, that uh, is that is is that happened to you? Sure, but I think that's all control. You mean shit. like hundreds of women? Oh yeah, I've I've literally <laughs> sent hundreds of see, women that, crying. See, then, then then that's a good sign for me because because I've been with I've been with my I call her still call her yeah. my girlfriend, but yeah. I've been with her for twenty four years. So well, that's good. So, so maybe I have control of that situation. But see, maybe I'm a wimp. Maybe I'm I'm a wimpy control no. freak, and I just can't go through. No, with I, it. I don't think you're a control freak. Okay. I, th- I think that it's just it's just fear, and clearly, like even that that was the other thing I was realizing about the music <laughs> is that as beautiful the melody and as beautiful the chords, there always seems to be a rumble of chaos yeah yeah just beneath the surface yeah well and you know i mean we we don't like music to be too um just too pleasant you know i mean music can do that I right mean, music has a lot of ways of just doing the right thing you right know? so i think we're always we're always hoping there's a little bit of you know agitation or something. well so when you were like something. driving around you got your driver's license oklahoma i grew up in new mexico right next oh, right. door you did yeah cool so yeah, yeah. i got my driver's license when i was 15 right so you were driving around probably at 16 i was here. driving a motorcycle yeah yeah i didn't have a car for the longest time we how many kids in your family i have um four uh brothers and a sister so wow. a bunch of us party all the time it was great. right older brothers too did oh, drugs so you music, got all the records cr- all the shit yeah, you, yeah oh that see that's the gift man that is totally I know, it is <laughs> like that's yeah. the gift when you're okay so you're and they're older brothers so you're a little older than me so you got the good records i totally i mean we grew up in the 60s with the beatles and drugs and everything and then they had they had weird friends that played music and it was i mean it was the utopia when people talk about you know what was your life? I'm like, dude, don't even ask because I would. I, but that's I amazing. Had the life. Like, and you were in Oklahoma, so all this shit was being delivered like it was from another planet. Well, we never so, thought that we were. See, when you're young, you don't know you're in Oklahoma. No, you but just I mean, think but, you're living. But, yeah. but you weren't surrounded by the hate Ashbury. So no. when shit came in, it was like, holy fuck! Look at this. <laughs> Listen to this. Yeah, yeah. That's fucking great. No, I know. I think that, and, and I don't. 
you know, I try, I try to remind people that that, you know, when you're shaped, you know, that when you're like 11, 12, 13 and you're getting all that stuff and it shapes you, I mean, man. Oh yeah. Know, I, I mean, I sold, I mean, I, I speak about it now cause I think the statute of, of limitations has to be over. I but I mean, so. I sold, I sold pot when I was 16 years old. I mean, I knew so many people that were buying, um, you know, we were always buying weed and stuff. That's and that I was just, back when they had seeds and stems. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could, yeah, you yeah. Clean it on a record, on a cover of a record, and just watch nine hundred seeds fall you, out you of that. Totally reaper. did. But people loved. I mean, back then, when I was sixteen, I always thought it would just be legal. You know, it was right. going to be legalized any any minute now. Right. And this was back in like nineteen seventy seven. Right. You know, I was sixteen years old. Yeah. How crazy is it that it's still. I mean, I mean, well, some places it, yeah. it seems it's like it's getting it's, easy. It's getting a little get, easier yeah. for people to uh, claim that they have some sort of minor problem. <laughs> <laughs> that do, you sm- to, do you smoke pot? I've not done anything in 12 years, but oh, I've certainly really? done my share. Did you go too much and now you can't do any? I did. I, what, what happened was, you know, I was pretty much, uh, you know, the buffet type of drug <laughs> user, a daily pot smoker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then but the other stuff, it was the booze and the Coke that got a little gnarly. Right, I, right. If I, if I think about anything, I miss pot. But my problem is, is once I, I feed something into the system, yeah, the old, system is like, well, doors are open, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, all bets are off. Why are we sweeping? No, you know, I talk to more and more guys. Yeah. You're probably the, the sixth guy that yeah. I know that is in the exact same boat. It's like, you can't do anything now. Yeah, you, know, you can't just, even do a little bit because then that'll... that'll Break it's just down like you have this. that hunger, you know, if you've got that thing that needs to be fed. So what do you do? What's your advice? Well, I, dr- I drink a lot of coffee. I got nicotine lozenges. I'm still pretty uh, altered, right. uh, but it's, it's so relative. So you don't smoke? You don't smoke cigarettes? No, no, no. I don't. You? I see. I used to. I used to. I mean, I, I loved it, too. Oh, God, I love them. But it, you know, it gets you. That's you know? one of the stupid ones, though. That one is so clearly stupid. No, yeah. no. I, I mean, but it's so helpful. I mean, when you're young and, I mean, I, you know, when I was 22, uh, you know, you're driving around. You're just so well. You're scared of everything. As sure. we, as your interview sure. has has brought yeah. to a light, yeah. I'm, I, I think I'm scared of everything. Yeah, and I wasn't doesn't... scared of coming here. No, you shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> we just I'm barged not, right in. I'm not scary. But yeah. you know, I think it's that, that must be why they give um, you the cigarette when you're in the firing squad because it's like otherwise you just wouldn't want to stand yeah, it, there. It stuffs all that fear, man. You'd be just like, fuck it. You'd run away or just yeah, scream just give and me cry. Something I can focus yeah. on. But I think it's I think it's great to have. I don't know this addiction. Everybody's addicted to mm. stuff, you know. Yeah. Everybody says, "Well, I'm I'm an addictive personality." It's like, well, yeah, you probably know that because you got addicted to stuff. But, but I think I would be. I mean, yeah. I've never tried heroin and some of the really, yeah. you know, bad ones. Did you? I tried. Uh, I snorted some heroin. I smoked some heroin. Never. I was never a needle guy. That it didn't, was, didn't I drew get the you. Line. It didn't. No, it didn't get me. Thank God. Yeah, I, yeah. I like going up. I don't yeah, like yeah, going yeah. down. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I uh, when I did uh, when I tried the heroin, I smoked the heroin. You know, I got it. I understood the high. Yeah. You know, I didn't get because I was smoking it and not banging it. I didn't get that thing where it's where somehow or another it was like an elongated orgasm. Thank God, sure, I didn't yeah. get that because I don't know how anyone could walk away from that. Well, no, I know. Yeah, I... but I did smoke it and I did get the sort of like, okay, I can't keep my head up. Is this good? So I'm glad that question was there. Right, right. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> so yours were yours was like cocaine, like and... cocaine, like smoking pot every day, all day. Oh, know? I see. And I like. Well, uh, I, but see, to me, I'll... drinking and coke was good. I like that. I yeah, yeah. Some, did yeah. some hallucinogens, but it was never completely my bag. Oh, like acid and... Did some acid, did some mescaline, did some mushrooms, but not... Like, I know dudes... What's your experience with that? 
I like mushrooms. I haven't done very much of any of the any of that. I don't. The acids is too much for me. I mean, I just, oh, geez, I just you never. Like, no one's going to stop. Man, I it's hate like, you that. Know, you're just sitting there. It's like, okay, I think we're done. Nope, I got to <laughs> sit down again. Things are talking no, that it's shouldn't horrible. be. <laughs> and some people love it and just can go forever, but not me. I mean, I I wish. Yeah, I wish it was like a twenty minute, thirty minute, maybe an right, hour. Boom, or something. condensed. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, some people just, smoke yeah. that shit. What's that weird uh, DM? Yeah, that blasts you out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was never. It, that was see. That's scary. It is. You know, like, yeah, that, and I think that's the same with the heroin. It's like <laughs> that shit's scary. You, you know, all of a sudden you're in the you're in the mouth of a demon you can't get out of. And with 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 the acid, it's like you just felt your whole you know fabric of self was disrupted. Oh, dude, don't eat. I know. It's like I'm even when you start to say it, it is. You start getting that weird sweat. You know. <laughs> Goddamn. <laughs> Interviews over. Goddamn. Yeah. No, I don't know. I sometimes I, I recently uh, did um, some music with um, this uh, uh, Kesha, this popular yeah. you know gal. But she, when I walked in there, I had a song um, prepared. She didn't. I'd written part of a song that we were going to do, and um, I know she's a freak and she does all kinds of, uh, of stuff. And I said, "Well, here's the scenario: is that she wanted to do a song about 2012, being right. the end of the world, and all that." Uh. So I said, "Well, I, I've prepared this song, and you have to sing it. And even though the world's ending, you've just done a bunch of acid, so you don't care, and you're just partying and having a good time." That's her character in the song, right? And okay. I just assumed that's what she was like. Yeah. And so when I told her, she said, "Oh my God! I, I, well, we have. I wait. You can't because I haven't done the acid." And I said, "Well, I thought you were. You did all this stuff." She's like, "Well, I do mushrooms and all that other stuff, but yeah. my mother." when she was young did yeah. too much acid and claims to this day she never came down oh yeah who wants that no i don't know yeah but once i once she said that she's like but fuck it i don't care she pointed to her assistant yeah just a normal gal said go get us some acid and we'll <laughs> like we're waiting you know and we'll go. do some yeah and then we and then I, she can sing the song but i said no i because i don't want to do any either yeah. you know you've but get, that, you've got to run the knobs but what stuff. if i what if she did and then she like didn't freak out down yeah well i you know i think you know, but i think that acid that they're talking about in the 60s like the pure owlsley stuff you know right right that you know i, I don't know if it's the acid that d does the brain in or actually where the acid takes you it's not clear but there have been guys that you probably respect said Barrett, we lost him to that shit. Well, right, no, and, and, I know. And uh, I know. Peter Green from Free No, there's, there's even guys that I know that I kind of feel like, oh, you know, tweaked him a little bit. But then you get people like Robert Crumb, who who didn't do much acid, but the one or two times he did, he saw those trails, and, and then we got Mister Natural. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, sometimes yeah. You, yeah. that thing will just. Push I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad I did it because at least there's. Did a, it change yeah. your uh, your thing? I think it probably did, but I think what it what it does is it it. It's that part of you that says, I'm scared, but I'm doing it anyway. Right. And then once you do it, you know, it gets you, gets you through something. But, but yeah, but exactly. You know? Yeah. And, but there were always those people that seem like those, I was never the type of drug guy where like, you talk to those dudes were like, yeah, I did acid every day for a month. I'm like, oh, oh totally. Yeah, yeah. But no, but no, I, I just I, got a brain for it and they don't freak out. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, I know. You, I, I know. have freaked out on uh, acid. Yeah. yeah. I have oh, you have. Out. Sure. Oh, sure. oh. Like, sure. did you kill somebody or? No, I mean, freak fell into myself. Yeah, yeah. No, when you say it, you you, you use good words to describe these things. <laughs> like, I remember yeah. one time I was in New York uh, and I had some mushrooms and I fucking popped them in my apartment and it was at nighttime and I didn't have a guide. I didn't have a friend. It was just me thinking I could fucking handle that shit. And I went outside. I got a half a block away from my apartment and people got evil and I got, I went back and oh. I spent the rest of the night in my apartment just surrounded by everything that was evil outside. <laughs> because 
Because sometimes when you're on Mushrooms, man, or you're out, if you don't have a friend with you, man, people get real close and they're real sweaty. You know, they're right here. And, oh, and there's that weird oh. fine line between like, does this guy know he's the fucking devil? Well, no, but see, that's the dilemma. You get all that inner, that inner voice starts telling you every... Well, I see. I think that uh, that's why I relate to you because mm. that's what happens to me when yeah. it, when it goes bad. I just think, oh my god, you know. I and then you don't know if you're seeing the truth or it's not the truth. And then when you come down, you realize, oh, that couldn't have been the truth, but it sort of still sticks with you a little bit, and you know, it takes a while to shake that. Uh, well, shit. maybe the people that like it, maybe they're just more relaxed, and it it's the opposite for them. Well, they can for have me, a good time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the people that like somehow strap in, like if your attitude going into hallucinogenics is like all right you ready here we go right as opposed to like what's gonna happen yeah like see, if you're yeah. a what's gonna happen dude you're fucked getting into the ship yeah yeah <laughs> so well so how did you get so i mean how did you get so fucked up on the drugs you were doing no i, mean, I just think I, well what happens i think but it wasn't drugs, those you you liked, no. like cocaine and stuff like yeah, that. yeah well that yeah. stuff well there's no benefit there's no winning that well but i mean you know that's i mean you, you, you don't win those things <laughs> No one, no one says like I finally got this cocaine thing right where I want it. <laughs> you know, I mean, no, it, I, I, I know. I mean, I, I've done it. I, it, it's, but there, what's there not to like? No, of course yeah, not. I mean, it's but, wonderful. But then the, there's yeah. the thing is, it's like, what's there not to like at three in the morning when you've already done uh, an eight ball yeah, and yeah. you're sitting there thinking something else could happen. Yeah, yeah. When you're, it's just you and the guy you got the coke from. Yeah, and yeah. some guy you don't know who seems dangerous sitting there doing lines talking yeah. about your guitar. Yeah. Are you really living the dream? Well, that you've done it enough to know that that's, that's, that's normal. That's the. That's really that's what's happening. That's where it's going to go. That's yeah, where it's yeah. going to go. Yeah. But sure, like the beginning of the night, the first two bumps when you're fucking king of the world and like everybody's, you know. In Anything your- could happen. Yeah, man. Yeah. Let's go do it. Yeah. And then yeah. at three in the morning when you're the last guy standing oh. and you're still waiting for anything to happen, oh. nothing's going to happen. You're just going to be in bed talking to yourself, hoping you don't it die. It is. It's the talking. I think it's that people just love to, they just love to talk. Yammering on the blow. Not listening, but talking. Oh, no. Blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. anything about a car about yeah. an engine about a guitar Ooh, about yeah. some about yeah. the food they can't eat right now but Jesus. they're the only ones having a good time yeah. yeah so how is it how is it that you you know you're you're the way you are and i and i can relate to you so much but it seems like the world you've created around yourself is fairly um provocative in terms of like uh out there yeah well i think there's something associated with um, the sort of music we do. People think you must do a lot of drugs and all this sort of stuff. But to me, it's just it's just pure imagination. Right. I mean, obviously, we we do drugs and things like that. And I think we're just lucky that we get to play into that because every, everybody, uh, musicians don't think that this, but a lot of people listen to music. They just assume, oh wow, you know, you're out there. That's why you create this kind of music. But I, I'm not. You but know? you but you come from a psychedelic tradition. I mean, at some point, you were very consciously doing that kind of music i you know i didn't think about it in the beginning i mean because like i said you know with my older brothers and all that this was just the music that we that we who knew are your guys like who are your uh your well brothers? everything i mean growing up obviously was stuff like the beatles and pink floyd and then as i yeah. got older you know punk rock stuff happened and right. then we, we'd go to all the punk rock shows and then we had our own group and then we would just go around and we'd you know just we'd meet everybody and play everywhere and what were so, some of the first concerts you saw i heard that were like holy shit well that's the very where we first went. one i saw was alice cooper which oh, was bad because he yeah. had just gone like schlocky you know oh, really yeah. but then soon after that i saw like the who still in their really 
really great. Out here? Yeah. Yeah. You know, in their great heyday. Yeah. Um, so that was fantastic, you know. Um, we saw things like Led Zeppelin and really all, the, all the stuff. They would all come here back so, in the day. So because you had older brothers, they drag you out. They totally did. By yeah. the time I was in fucking high school, I mean, Zeppelin was like, are they going to do another record? And then, right. they, then In Through the Outdoor came out. Yeah. And that, that was what I got. Yeah, not as school. cool. Yeah. No. Not and as and cool. I didn't have older brothers. So, yeah. oh, you were fucking yeah, gifted. I totally was. No, and, and so that's the, why I live the way I do. Because I realized, wow, you know, I, I never had a moment in my life where I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, I was 10 years old. I was like, I want to be in a band, have long hair and be a weirdo and yeah. do art and stuff. Yeah. And everybody that was around me would, would always encourage that. Play guitar and draw pictures. And, you know, that's so great. <laughs> yeah, it is great. <laughs> and I'm still doing it. Your folks, too, were into it? Yeah, they weren't artists themselves, but I mean, I think they, especially after you have, you know, older, my brothers, you know, all were like criminals and did really bad like, things. So by the time they got what, to car me, theft, drugs, what? Nothing too horrible. They didn't oh, yeah. kill anybody, but right. just, you know, you know yeah. just, just not, they didn't want to have jail. a job and have a lot of jail. Yeah. <laughs> so by the time they got to me, <laughs> and all like, I wanted to do please. was play guitar yeah, and like, draw pictures. Yeah. Like, look at him. <laughs> That's, so even better for me finally yeah someone who's not going no to i mean they loved every i don't want to make it seem like no, they, right. they didn't care for everybody but they thought maybe we won't have to bail out wayne right right <laughs> yeah yeah and then i but then i think i really saw the other side of that that drug thing as well how it was a torture to them you know there was there was they had great times too i mean watching my older brothers and their friends right you know but they had they had bad times they a lot crack of, and oh, they wrestled with you it. know and crystal meth and you know those are the those, those are dirty those man i mean I, you got to be tough to get out of that it's and once you're in drugs. that yeah. yeah the crack yeah. thing i mean look at yeah. poor whitney houston i mean I, like i just recently got this uh, weird hair up my ass the last two days I just started thinking about, I mean, you've got to have this experience because you've created some songs that are transcendent. And I think music is magic. And I think, you know, it, that. it is. Yeah, it's true. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, no matter how you're going to judge whatever Whitney was dragged through in the media or whatever she dragged herself through or however mm. fucked up mm -hmm. that she got or however you want to judge her, that version of I will always love you is going to be transcendent as long as there is a way to play it on a fucking yeah, speaker. Yeah. 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 So she delivered yeah. that. Well, well and it, and it, and people love that. I mean, they love love that. And I, I was at the I was at the Grammys, the year that that song was like the biggest song yeah. of the year. Yeah. yeah, you listen to a lot of songs. Like I was listening to, I got shit on my iPod. Like ride, Captain, ride upon your mystery ship. Totally, that, that was it, dude. Who? Where's that guy, I, man? You know, it's funny. I I have thought that exact rock on, thing. man, rock on. Hey, kid. well, that's David Essex, right? One song. That's yeah, yeah. It. I don't even know who the other guys are. Ride, Captain, ride upon your yeah. mystery ship. I know. Ship. It's like you know the song, but you don't even know. I've thought that exact same thing. Yeah, it's like that. But but see, I I listened to that not too long ago. I like I, it as yeah, a tune. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So so what I'm saying is that like she did contribute that one thing. Some people oh, yeah, want that one yeah. song, and yeah, yeah. even if it's not theirs, yeah, what yeah. are you going to do? Because like I was listening to. Uh, uh, what was it? The War Against the Mystics? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, there's a song on there that is definitely kind of, you know, it's got that kind of funky, like almost Prince kind of groove. Oh, cool. It. it does. Totally. You yeah. You know what's wrong? Yeah, I can, I, I can occasionally, <laughs> if I get the right melody with a yeah. falsetto, ooh, ooh. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I can't that. really sing that good like that. No, but, but I mean, but the, but the but the music too. Yeah, it's, totally. You, yeah, you, yeah. You're well, the, the group is great. I mean, they can they can play anything. When you anything. started though, you were you were playing with your brother. My younger brother was with us for just the very beginning. 
But, you know, we were doing it more out of just, just something chaotic to do. It wasn't necessarily just about music. I mean, I was, I was into it for music and lifestyle and everything. And I think he was into it mostly just like to do crazy shit. You know? Right. So I think the minute that we got, you know, to start thinking about what's well, record and let's, you know, what are we going to do with this music? I think he just got bored with it. Oh, really? Yeah, was, yeah. It, was his, were, uh, no, he was just a singer just doing crazy shit. And what instruments yeah. do you play? All I just play, play, just play guitar. Okay, you yeah. don't, you don't but, uh, but nowadays, down. you know, with computers, there's so many things you can just do. It's yeah, you're not, not, and you're not afraid of the synthesizer. I love all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. Those are my friends. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't have to know what you're doing, and they make great sounds. For a while there, the, the synthesizers was um, uh, instrument non grata. Well, and, right. Uh, no, unless no, you're going to do it no, ironically. The didn't like it. They, no. I know. But, but now it's But back, they dude. were wrong. Yeah. I mean, we always did. I mean, I always loved that, especially like that, that, um, that Moog solo at the end of the Emerson, Lake and Palmer song, Lucky Man. You know, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was always loved it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. We, and I would run into people occasionally that would have these mega weird yeah, you know, yeah. synthesizers, and you can just do anything with them. Well, I talked to that dude, uh, Mercer, James Mercer, from uh, The Shins. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I talked to him recently, and, you know, I asked him about synthesizers. He's like, well, you know how much work went into getting those things to make those well, sounds? Well, right, yeah. I mean, I it's, it's, it's cool. fucking genius, and yeah. I'm like, all yeah, right. I know. <laughs> no, but I always loved them, but they do. They, 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 they kind of went out of vogue. And, but you have a yeah. good time with it? Is that basically how you start? Well, but, I mean, that, I'm lucky because, I mean, we have, like, the weirdo punk rock side of us, right. but we also have this really sophisticated yeah. musical side of us, and so... You know, I always tell people it's easy to kind of be a noisy, freaky group. I mean, yeah. that's that's not that hard to do. Yeah. I mean, to do it and be inspired all the time, I suppose. Is. Yeah. But it is quite difficult to like this thing you're talking about where it's beautiful and it's emotional. That takes some, and, some skill. And also, yeah. it seems like every one of your, your records is is an honest record that there were like like i noticed this just to, on the well obviously a few of the later records are are legitimately concept records i mean if we sure can, yeah, yeah 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 but but it, it also seems to me that even early on probably about two or three records in you were thinking in terms of the album not just the song right well yeah i mean we grew up with all that i mean we'd put on and that's you know, a great thing back in the day you'd put on a record and it would be four right. or five songs in a row and right you, and it yeah. and kind of connect like you yeah. kind of go on a ride but i go both ways even myself right. i like sometimes hearing a series of songs right and and it being like this little adventure and other times i'll just put on one song and it can even be by the same group there's just no restrictions it's right. like i'm fuck it i'm gonna do what i like right and that's I mean, to me, when you when you really do run into someone, and that's why I, I wanted to even run into you, when you run into someone, and that's what they're doing with their life, I'm like, I want to I want to be with them. I yeah. like that. I want to know, you know, why yeah. are they doing it? How are they doing it? Right. So to listen to someone like a Frank Zappa, um, yeah, it's amazing because he's 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 Frank Zappa. I mean, I you forget that that's, yeah. that's a big deal just to be and so, to, and to create a, of, a you know your own entity. Oh yeah, Zappa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. there's a lot of humor there too. Well, maybe too much. Yeah, it was, there was nothing else but that. But I, you know, I love the way he played guitar. And when I right. when I saw him play, right. I mean, it was loud and it was it was heavy. You know? Right. And a lot of I think a lot of people think he's he's like jazzy or he's weird. But what I liked about it, I mean, it's like our music. I like it to be like oh, yeah. it's intense. Yeah, right. And, and he really was. So I think I was really lucky. I got to see him do right. his thing. But you know, the the second time I saw him, he would do these uh, these guitar solo things. Yeah. You know, he'd trip off. You right. Know? Sure. And I was sitting kind of up in the in the in the stadium a little bit, not stadium, like an arena, you know. But I was sitting up a bit, and there was a, a, a hippie on the on the floor, yeah, playing with one of these little glow in the dark, yeah, little things, sure, you know, those little baton things, yeah, or whatever. yeah, 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 the the glow stick, yeah, glow yeah. stick. And uh, Frank Zappa was playing a, a solo, and I saw this dude throw it, 
bump Frank Zappa right in the chest. Yeah. Boom. Like he was hypnotized by his guitar solo and suddenly, bam. Yeah. And he stopped the whole show. No shit. And he, you know, and he got his bodyguard. I'd seen his bodyguard at the other show. Yeah. Just this real pissed off looking giant yeah. black dude, yeah. bald guy. And I saw him because I was up a bit. I, he, I saw him point at the dude. And he's like, go get that dude. And they went and got the dude. I mean, you got to think if you were standing next to the guy and you knew he did it. If the bodyguard said, who did it? Would you go? Yeah, he did it, man. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say anything. You wouldn't write him out. I, I don't know. It's who cares? It's a little thing. It depends on how high you are at that moment. Well, I know or how scared you are. Wait, I guess yeah. it, moral yeah. integrity has something yeah. to do with it. Or like maybe you really felt like you know Frank got you know yeah. it, it, it was, but for me it felt like too severe of a punishment. Well, I mean, what, did, what did he had him thrown out or what did he do? Well, they grabbed did the they dude bring him up on stage and hit him? No, oh. it just looked like we're going to take him oh, you know, really? out back and, you yeah. know, oh, yeah. kick his face in or something. I don't know. It just I would looked, hope that but happen. why would it even matter? Yeah. It's like, I get mean, past it. Yeah. I mean, it seemed to me like, oh, you get so is this cares. what provoked you to have as much shit on possible as possible on yes. stage at all times? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I think about that because I'm like, we we played a show at the, at the Hollywood Bowl where we we gave out ten thousand of these little things. You we did. gave them to everybody. And at some point during the show, you know they're throwing them at you anyway. Yeah. And when you're not ready for it, you know if you get hit in the face, it can it can kind of piss yeah, you off. Sure. You know. At some point, I just said, "All right, come on, motherfuckers, let's go." Everybody, just throw them at us. And we, we were doing this song. But that's the secret. See, the secret is if you know they're coming, they can hit you sure, all over the place sure. and you don't yeah, care. It's a celebration. It's, it's the surprise. Right. You know? So I was just trying to get it all out of the way. Plus, it just looks great that you're thinking. Sure, it's Look, raining glow sticks. It's raining And glowing. also, you're sort yeah. of, you're, you're kind of uh, <laughs> exercising that demon that Frank Zappa unleashed. Well, but I, but I thought, why did it matter to him so much? Right. Well, there's some, there was some bad blood in the frequency, yeah, Wayne. Yeah, It's like, it just is. <laughs> I just thought it was overreacting. You but know? that's funny that it led to such a profound part of your stage show. Well, now, yeah, we just we bring it on. <laughs> you could not do anything that would that would, you know, set the flaming lips off of their focus. You well, know? We are it? here to play and entertain. And that last tour, that was really that Hollywood Bowl show was sort of infamous and huge. But the whole, all the appearances were big shows, and they well, were. We sort try of like, to make it sort of seem like every night is like a, a giant New Year's Eve celebration. If you're with us, this is the greatest party. You know, you can and that's the at. plan. Yeah. When yeah. did you choose the uh, the white suit? Well, in the beginning, it was based on this picture that I'd seen of Miles Davis, where he was standing outside. Of I a know nightclub. that one, with the black shirt. Yeah. Well, oh. no, he's he's been he's been hitting the head and he's bleeding. Oh, that's not the one. I and thought. then the blood, because you know you can't tell because he's dark skin, but it's a black and white photo. But on his white suit, you yeah. can see the blood spatter. And so I was doing this thing where during a song, even a song that we were rehearsing today, where I would pour blood on my head and you know i was kind of wanting everybody to see it yeah you know because when they can't really tell so i i thought well if i wear this white suit if i pour this blood on my head everybody will see it and there'll be you know some dramatic thing so it's really all based on just being a show-off you know that, it, that's what it was the miles davis picture provoked that somehow yeah because i because i thought well that's how you can see the blood otherwise you know if he was wearing a dark suit so it's, there's no there's no show right but it's so yeah. funny that it has a that like Miles as uh, a, a thing in, to himself represents this whole other thing, but actually the inspiration for the white suit had nothing to do with Miles Davis. So. Not necessarily, but it's but no, but for me it was 
you know, here's this yeah. guy, and and he's like understated, and yeah. he's dignified, right. and it's and it's mystical. You right. know, he's he's badass. You yeah. know, and and then it, it to be sort of the contrast of this the brutality and the blood and all that. Um, you know, it's just it was cool. Sure, but it was mostly just to look cool. Yeah, I mean, I think there's something in. I mean, sometimes, you know, we're doing our music and you don't really know what it is you're going to sing about mm-hmm. or be about or whatever. And sometimes I think we just get lucky that that prevails. But there's weird, not, there's mm. weird themes. There's, 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 there is, there's, we talk about insects and, but universal struggle. Yeah. Well, sure. Yeah. But early in the music, it's there. Yeah, that, yeah. This, this yeah. weird kind of like, but I don't a, think, a I don't kind think of like um, sensitive hero uh, in a yeah, way. Yeah, but I don't think we're necessarily always responsible for it. I mean, sometimes, you know, with music and lyrics and melodies, you get to sing about something, even though you don't really know what the fuck you're but singing But do you write about. most of the lyrics? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but sometimes you just get lucky. Sure. I mean, we were rehearsing over there um, before I came over here, and there's, there's a lyric that we do at the end of one of our songs on the Soft Bulletin where it says, um, the sound they made was love. And it's the, it's the culmination of this song that's all about this reaching and this, this you know, emotion and, yeah. and how, you know, how it's called a spoonful weighs a ton, but it means these little, these little things oh, that people do can, can just mean the world to you. And I didn't even know what I was going to sing. I thought the song, seems like the song is really going well, but I don't know the last fucking word of the song. And I've made all these rhymes yeah. with the sun yeah. and a ton. Yeah. And there's all these things. And I don't know what I'm going to sing. Right. And, I, and, and, and the set, when I'm recording it, yeah. I still know I don't know what. Yeah. I don't know the punchline. Right. You must do that sometimes. I don't know where this sure. is going. I have to wait till it's delivered. <laughs> you can only wait till it's delivered. And then I sang <laughs> the sound they made was love. Right. And it's like, it's the perfect lyric. Right. It was delivered. As if I <laughs> knew exactly. Yeah. And I know when I did it, I didn't know what I was sure. going to say. I and, do. It happens all the time yeah. creatively. So, to, so when people say, wow, that, you know, that's a great song you wrote. I was like, you know, it, the best part of it is just a connection of panic because i didn't know what i was going to say and then the minute you say it, you're like well that's perfect right it's a discovery because like i don't like i work that way too i improvise on stage until it comes together and i've had jokes take years to really unfold like i i know the i have enough of it that it's funny yeah, yeah. it's funny mm-hmm. but then the conversation continues mm-hmm. and then one night like whether you're writing a song or whether you're singing or whether you're on stage you know if your mind is open and you're talking and you're doing the same thing you've done yeah, yeah. you know and it's the 10th or 20th or 500th time you did it yeah, and yeah. that one night you find that opening and you say that one next thing and you're like holy shit yeah it's done yeah <laughs> No, I know, it, but it is. It's about like you're talking and you're t- almost talking and thinking. That's the in greatest, the same moment. Greatest thing. Yeah, because yeah. because yeah. like it's you can't explain why because you know some people are very meticulous. You know, they sit there, they craft a song, or they craft a joke, or they write a story or a poem, and you know they're 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 it's it's sometimes it's like a math equation. Yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. other times, mm-hmm. it's just a complete mystery, and you have no idea where that came from it may not have even been something you would say ever before well no but see that's what i mean once you say it yeah. you can act like oh well of course yes, i say it. that it's a great thing to say <laughs> yeah <laughs> of course <laughs> and that's what happens is like you start becoming yeah. your right. your songs or right. your, the things the meaning behind it starts to be um, yeah. you know but yeah so i don't i don't always feel like I don't want, see, this goes back to, I don't want to control it, you no, know? No, well, that's, a, part that's of it. a different, I think that's yeah. what, what you were saying before is right. That what comes out of fear is you, you find, you know, within your craft, this freedom and there's no fear there. 
Well, yeah. there you go. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, yeah. and yeah. Because what's the worst that could happen? So you write a dumb song. Who cares? Or the yeah. joke isn't funny. Who cares? Yeah. We'll do another one. Who cares? Yeah. You take the hit, but you know. <laughs> you get past it. I don't care. You're not in a, cra- yeah. <laughs> a crashing plane. <laughs> no, I know. It's <laughs> just in the middle of a there's bad not song. A real, there's not a real tragedy. <laughs> no, Nothing no. bad is really going to happen. No, no. But no. embarrassment is, is great. It's great. Humility. It yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's good to be yeah. handed your ass. Totally. Uh, yeah. Several times throughout your life. Yeah, if totally. If you're never handed your ass, no one's going to like you. Well, no, or you don't get to sing or talk about anything, mm-hmm. you know. And they, they, it, when you talk to people who don't really know right. the depths and the smell of shit, <laughs> the depths of the, how bad it can really be. No, I mean, I don't know. I mean, to me, it sounds like you had you know, enough in your family to be, to, to be embarrassed and to you know to fail at what we're doing is that's what makes you. Well, what, what was you know? what's been your in your mind? What what experience do you go back to when you think that? Was it starting out? Was it playing small clubs? Well, was it- it's, yeah, it's like you, you it's, it still happens all the time. It's like you think, um, we're going to go and play and people are going to love us. And yeah. you, you're there and absolutely nobody shows up. I mean, we were at this. to you? Well, not so much now. I mean, yeah. we, we don't go unless some people are going to show right. up, you know. But we were at a conference just the other night where it's late at night and the audience just doesn't care anymore. And there's still a couple of groups. I mean, we weren't playing, I was in the audience. But they still have to go up there and play, and there's nobody, absolutely nobody there that even cares. Right. I mean, that's a crusher. And of course, we did that. We've done yeah, that, you know, sure. plenty of times early on. Oh, of course. What do you do? I mean, what do you have? You ever showed up where there's like, oh, there's dude, like one person? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, I've, I've done I've done shows for two people. And you still just is it is it that you feel like okay, well, this is well, the, you know, it's a little different in what I do because like I've always envied musicians in the fact that even if the worst case scenario, you guys still got each other. And, yeah, and yeah. you can still say, well, this sucks, but let's, let's, let's look at it as a rehearsal or let's totally. play our fucking songs. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. When, when, when you're on stage and there's literally two people to, to maybe 12 people in the audience, there's, there, there's no fourth wall anymore. This isn't a show. If I was to stand up in front of two to ten people and pretend like I'm just doing a show, that, that would make me delusional. It would make me horrified. Yeah, yeah. So, so what, You mean like the musicians can do that because you just play? And yeah, it's because like, that's, yeah. you're protected by the song in a way. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's a boundary. But, you know, if I'm standing there with two people and I don't acknowledge it, they're going to think, like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? So, I mean, usually what I learn from those things is a way to create intimacy because I can't help myself. You know, I'm not going to get on stage and pretend like it doesn't suck. Well, right. right. So so then all of a sudden the audience and you becomes a, becomes a very organic thing. I mean, do you just go out and say, well, look at this? Yeah, and uh, I'll tell yeah. some stories and you yeah, know, yeah. riff a little bit. And Well, that, and be, that would almost be better than a normal show. I, I, well, I try to do that every show. <laughs> You know, you just, it's hit or miss, you know what I mean? Yeah. You get out there on the ice and you see what happens. So what it was, so, so as you go through your, your shows, um, you're doing, are you doing a routine? Is part of it a routine? Well, you know, over the, over the 20 years, 25 years that I've done this, you know, I, some, I somehow managed to, you know, accumulate at any given point in time, I'm working on a, a certain set list as a parameter, as a framework. And the best thing that can happen within those hours is that something else happens that we start moving towards the next one? Oh, so I you see. Can yeah, start yeah. sort of. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, uh, you do something long enough. It's like songs. You, you know, after at, after a certain point, um, you know, your big hits are are going to be like cancer to you. I, no, see, I I disagree. I mean, okay. for me, it's not like that. For me, you know, the 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 fact that people like it at all is kind of like 
we look at it like a McDonald's hamburger. Don't fuck with that. You know, you know what you like. And if we deliver well, yeah, it to you, I think that's a difference you know, between music and comedy too. Yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah, like I can listen to a song over and over again and then I can put it away and then I'll go back to it. Like if people felt the same way they did about music as they do about comedy, no one would ever buy another Beatles record. Well, right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> you know, I know. You know, once you hear the joke, how many times can you really hear? The well, I agree. Joke? And that, well, I, that's why I'm asking. Right. You. So like, the, you know, so it has to be an evolving experience for me. I just look at all of my material as an ongoing conversation. But do people come with this idea that they're going to hear some of the hits? Well, I, I, th- I, I never know, you yeah. know, because like now, well, now because of the podcast, I've got a lot of a bigger audience and they know me very well because I talk very candidly. It's not all jokes. So right, a lot right. of them don't have never seen me do comedy or, or seen a comedy show. So they kind of wonder if I can do it. And then some of the stuff I talk about, if you talk to people, you know, openly twice a week, they're going to know a lot about you. Sure. So they're entering mm-hmm. the dialogue sort of like, oh, yeah, I've, I've I heard him kind of talk about this. You, you, so I have to deal with that. But then if you go back to my first record, there are some people that have never heard that shit. Mm. And you and, and sometimes it's a stretch for me. Some guy requested a joke that I did 20 years ago. The oh, other how night. weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I literally said, all right, let's. I, I'm going to try to do that because I know the groove is there. I just got to find where to drop the needle. You know, like I know I'd said that joke hundreds of times before, right, but right. I couldn't remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hadn't had it up. Well, the nuances, the, yeah, where, where's the up, know, the down. It, yeah, it, it yeah. wasn't out and, you know, I hadn't, wasn't running it around, wasn't driving it. Now, so, but is that a relief to you some nights where, you know, I know this is going to work. And, you know, because some nights when we play, there's a lot of calamities and it isn't easy. Do you know them or do the audience know there's a calamity? I don't know. Well, probably not, you know, but to you, it's hard to focus or you can think this doesn't sound right, but they don't know that. And, you know, it's all a little bit of a charade. It's always happening. And yet, you know, if we just do what the map said to do, it'll probably be great. But when you're up there doing a joke that, you know, okay, this is how it goes. And yet you're slightly removed or distracted yeah. does that happen to you yeah you know it, it's like you just eventually get an innate sense of an audience i mean probably with comedy more than music i would mm-hmm. think that mm-hmm. there there is this weird kind of sensibility you have to have pretty quickly i mean i think because with music your, your primary concerns are like how are we going to make it sound good in this fucking room right right and yeah. you, mm-hmm. you know what i mean because mm-hmm. there's so many things in between your guitar and your pick and it being delivered into the head, sure, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that it, mm-hmm. mu- it must be a little difficult. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know when a crowd is with you, yeah, but yeah. With with mm-hmm. with, uh, with comedy, you know, from second to second, you sort of you can feel, you know, where they are, you know, yeah, yeah, based yeah. on you know their engagement, their laughter. So if I'm feeling detached or I'm feeling like I'm losing them, you're not not intellectually, but just momentum yeah, yeah. wise, yeah, you know, you lean into it, <laughs> you know, you get, you know, you, you no, you, you know, it's it's a, it's a weird thing because you can really feel that. Oh, I, yeah. I really I can tell when, and I don't, I, I there'd be no scientific measurement that you could no, say, no, but you can just tell, oh, yeah, if it's coming back when everybody's with you, yeah, isn't that a weird thing? It's weird, and they're not always with you. Nope. And even though they're not with you, some nights people still think it is it's great. And, but when yeah. they're with you, yeah. It's like, wow, oh, yeah, everything, yeah. everything. You, you, you don't do. even know what to do with that joy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. And, and it makes you think we really know what we're doing. Yeah. But we don't because, but, you know, it's happening. You're like, oh, wow. Yeah, well, you, yeah. Should hold, you should realize that. Yeah. yeah like, I've, yeah. I've just been feeling that a little now because it's taken me really this long <laughs> to get pe- to, to have a, to have fans that will come out to see me. Like, I've, you know, most of my career. I've played for a handful of my fans. I see. And, you know, a good, you know, two thirds of the room are just people who are like, it's comedy. Uh, you know, they have their own sense. Yeah, yeah, just exactly. Going to the club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So now all of a sudden this, you know, it just, it so happens to be turning a turning point for me where I'm able to accept some of that love. Like before I would fight it. Like, you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, well, I, what you, why? I know. I, but no, I feel the same way. There's a, there was a point where you don't want to accept it as love because you think, well, they don't really love us. This is just, but when we go into a room now where, you know, everyone there knows every word, yeah. all your songs yeah. and everything that you've, you know, everything yeah. that you've done, that's, I mean, that's it's amazing. It is. And, and, it's hard and, to be. Yeah. And, well, I think that the, the turning point is it's something interesting that my, my girlfriend said to me recently. And I think it's really the, the crux of it is, is, you know, like I do this thing, you know, how we, how we want to get love from people is relative to how we feel about ourselves. Like I do this thing with my girlfriend where I'm like, you don't love me. You don't really love me. And she just looked at me. She said, don't say I don't love you because you don't love you. But, you know, in that moment where you're saying they don't really like us or, you know, right, they, this right. is, you know, they, they, they don't know us. Right. They, that's you saying you, you're not letting them love you for some fucking reason. Well, it, but see, once you once you think that they're loving you, um, you know, you want to you want to love them back. Well, isn't that what your music? Does? Well, I think that's really what you want. You want to love them. I mean, yeah. to me, that's pro- that's that's probably the main thing is yeah. that you want to love them. So yeah. when they love your music and they love what, you know, right. what you're saying, you want to because that's where the that's where the joy is. Right. That you get to love them. It isn't that they love you. Right. It's that you love them. So when they walk up to you later and say you were great. It is great to you to meet them and yeah. for them to say you're right. right. Otherwise, it would just be horrible. Yeah. Every night go out there and yeah, I hate these fuckers, but I got that would not be a way to live. Some people show people do that all the they time. They must, but I wouldn't. If I really didn't love them, I wouldn't want to be around them and 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 provoke them to come talk to us and meet me. Sure. So so for me, that changed everything for me when I sort of felt like I can love them. Mm-hmm. And I want them to get as much out of this as they can and to absorb as much of what I'm about. Yeah. Even if it's not, you know, if it's not what I intended or whatever. But to me, that changed everything. So I feel like I'm very lucky. Well, that's when great. I, when I meet a guy came to the door today. Yeah. Um, as, as they do, they, they'll probably come to your door. People come to your door and say, hey, I sure. just want to meet you. And yeah, yeah you. it happens. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, not at the house so much, but, yeah. but, you know, people have a very defined relationship with me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know them, right? Yeah, right, but they know you. Sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. So it's it's a delicate thing yeah. to be gracious and and and, but also to respect the fact mm-hmm. that that it is one sided. And you know, I, I want to be there for this person in this moment, mm-hmm. but there's no way I'm going to have the time to get to know them like they know me. Right. I mean, I usually, you know, I'll just do the, the couple of questions right off the sure. bat. Is like, have you come to kill me? Yeah, oh, that's good. It's <laughs> a good opener. <laughs> and if. <laughs> I kind of feel like if they were, that would, you know, they'd kind of stumble or, you know, if I asked, you know, trick them a little bit here and there. So that's usually what I do. Well, that's a, see that, that's the, (laughs) see, you don't have boundaries either. Yeah. You know, that's the way we started this conversation because like most people, most people in the position that you're in, uh, would have somebody to filter that shit. You know, out well, of fear and personal safety. It's too much trouble. I mean, see, I've learned the other way. It's no, like but you it's, want to, you want to connect. Yeah, yeah. and and and, and you're I willing did, to gamble. For me, it's interesting though. Here they are, and maybe they're. I mean, I don't really know their story. To me, with right. the, you know, if they're if they're willing to come all this way, right? You know, and stand here. Sure. How humiliating that would be for them. You know, you can't be a dick. No, I but would you never. still don't. You still right. you're hedging your bets that they're. You, you don't know what they're going to do. I kind of feel like they're the ones that are nervous, and I'm the. That's one. always true. Yeah. yeah. But you know, but yeah. okay, I'm not. So gonna, for me, it's fun. I mean, no, for me, for me, it's fun and, too. Yeah, but I don't want to yeah. plant the seed in either of our heads where there's that one dude that's decided that I am somehow you know operating against the universal scheme of things that they've decided for themselves. 
themselves. But see, I think if they really think about it, I'd probably have a gun on me too. Yeah. You know? and I right. Could, if they tried to shoot me, I could duck and just shoot them back. <laughs> you don't have a gun <laughs> on you. I don't, but I have a, I have a secret bodyguard everywhere I go. You and do? if something happened, they would just jump out. He's right here. Right? He's yeah. not so secret. He's not even secret. <laughs> He's yeah. right sitting right I think here I'd come room. here by myself. <laughs> It was this Marin guy you set me up with. <laughs> Let's rob him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be, be hilarious. Cool. Yeah. He, that would be the best thing in the world if you came over here and stole my shit. And I beat and, you up and, and took you your computer. And yeah. I tweeted that. I, all I had was my iPhone. <laughs> Wayne Coin at Wayne Coin just kicked my ass and took my and tape. I would just deny it. It would just be a it would <laughs> be a be battle me. of Twitter lies. No, dude. No, he was he was a fake. Well no. what so but so you don't have any kind of like I mean, getting back to that audience thing, I mean I can tell when there's like a bad element in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I, I walk into a room and I hear how, they, I just see how they're sitting and then there's that one table of fucking people that mm. aren't about what I'm about. Yeah, yeah. Not sure what they're doing here. Yeah, yeah. They might be here to hear the one song. Yeah. Or they might be here because it's a party and they heard, they saw it in the paper. And- well, and, you know, and it's easy for them to get attention and throw you off your thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for us, you know, I mean, we play at such volume. And, right. You know, yeah. Sometimes yeah. Yeah. Sort of yeah. Like, look, you know, we can just obliterate you. Yeah. But sometimes you have to acknowledge it so the audience can get past it too. Oh no, you got to you know, shut them they're down. They're just too. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, unless you say, "Dude, look, you know what's what's the beef?" Or yeah. look, I'm with you here. Yeah. You know. Yeah. What What's your? Uh, I'll yeah. help you get yeah, through yeah, this yeah, moment. Yeah. You know. So sometimes I think it's almost better just to just to acknowledge it and and you know move on. Well, do you have those fans where like you know I talk to musicians about this when I when I get to talk to them that. You know, um, do you realize obviously it's a huge song? Yeah, 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 it's great. And, it's great. and yeah. um, mm-hmm. but but like before that, yeah, I mean, you'd done what five albums, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so then this blasts off, mm-hmm. and you got a hit song, you yeah. got two hit songs yeah. now, but mm-hmm. but do you have people that are just sort of like, play this song? They do, but you know, it they're I don't really give them more power than all the other love that's going there, you know, but I do acknowledge that sometimes we'll play the song. And then two songs later, they're like, play the song. We're like, dude, we just played it. <laughs> like, I don't know how fucked up you are, but we play just it played again. it. <laughs> you know, we just played it. But I'll be at shows all the time yeah. where people do that. And I think it's funny. I mean, when I'm in the audience, then it happens. I'm not that affected by like, oh, my God, what should we do? I'm like, oh, fuck it. It's their show. They'll deal with it. Right. You know? And I don't think about it too much. So I sort of feel like that's probably how a lot of people in our audience are. They're having a good time. And some... Some asshole isn't going to derail it for them. I think that's the power that they have anyway, is that they're, they're coming to this thing already like, you know, no one's going to make this bad for me. I'm the one that's going to make it good for me. Right. And some asshole isn't going to take it away from me. Yeah, this. of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. and there's also that moment where you're like, well, I'm probably not going to be able to make that person happy. Yeah, but sometimes <laughs> I, you know, you, and it's, it's not a, a good thing, but sometimes you get used to it all working sure and it flows and you sort of you take it and it's great but occasionally it's great to know that you're fighting against the pricks i love that too yeah yeah where you just kind of buckle in like fuck it i'm gonna <laughs> and so occasionally i'll look the guy right in the face like all right motherfucker you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and i'm not gonna hit them and i'm not gonna attack them yeah. but i'm just like it lets you just go into another dimension of performance sure. yeah there's a lot of things you get to do up there sure spite's you know, a good driver it's wonderful yeah i mean back <laughs> yeah. when we when in the early days you know yeah. we'd open up for groups um we would we opened up for tool um and they, you know tool there's as a some, group that's a hard bunch yeah well yeah. as a group they really liked us yeah. and our music yeah. but their audience didn't you yeah. know and yeah. so you guys are too soft well yeah, yeah. or they or wait or they just didn't even know who you were and that right. was already enough right. reason to right. to despise us um 
so the minute we would go up there, yeah. you know, it'd just be like, fuck this. And if there was something to throw, you yeah. know, a shoe or yeah. we'd play some places we'd be playing outside, they'd throw cups full of sand, yeah. you know, but sometimes that would be almost even more energetic than people that love you. Cause you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll show you what so, rock and roll yeah. is. So yeah. you got to find a lot of ways to make well, that's, it. That's that's the humility you know? element of it all. I mean, it's wonderful. So, did you know when you wrote that song though that it would be as huge? Well, uh, do no, because no. it's so, such a beautiful song, and it's one of them songs where it's sort of like, yeah, we are going to die, but this is sweet. Yeah, no, exactly. I think that that's line um, when I would play it, you know, played initially for. For Stephen, and then when we played for you know other people, yeah. it would be that line yeah. would be this kind of, you know, the culmination of what the Flaming Lips, you know, at their purest and best is purity, like you talked about yeah. earlier. Only Wayne would say something like right. that, you know, and it's not true, but it's it's the sort of lyric that sung in the right way is it sounds like wisdom yeah. and and yeah. complete innocence at the same time. Something, but that's just music. I mean, yeah. music does most of the sure. work for you, yeah. and then I get to stand there and look like the cool dude. But when you had it in your hand, no, no, at the time it was just really just another little Part of song that record. Yeah, and I and I thought it was cool, but yeah. I didn't, you know, you. It's probably like the way you do things. There's a moment where you're in love with this thing you're doing, and yeah. then you do it, and then you're in love with the next thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. it's like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, you have to. Yeah. Otherwise, you'd just sit there on one song yeah. forever, you know? But um, no, I mean, once we did it, um, everybody would immediately respond, oh, wow, what a yeah. great hit that's going right. to be. And you're like, yeah, whatever, yeah, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, after, after it happens and after it's, you know, gone on for so many years and people use it in commercials and all sorts of things. You know, except like, of course, it's a great song. Sure, <laughs> of course. And, you know, you, don't, our finest. Yeah, you yeah. don't think about it anymore, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. And people will, almost every show, you know, there'll be different people will come up. Someone would have used it yeah. at, at, at a funeral for their parents, Or a wedding, right? Or a wedding. Right, I saw it at an or, anniversary party. Yeah, or at, at like the birth of their kids, you know. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's one of those... You know, oh, it can be about any of these. That's yeah, a circle big of moments. life song. Yeah, totally. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That you would never want to purposely write. You know, yeah. for me, those are the. You know, if you think you're going to write the big epic you, wedding man. song, or whatever, you'd but, never get it. No, right. but dude, but to write a song that someone can play at a wedding and equally oh, as effective as a funeral. No, it's that's it, a fucking. That is the biggest you, compliment you, you, hit, you can. Yeah, 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 you, yeah. You hit the magic number. No, I, and then, then I'm with those people. Yeah, you know, it's like you're. You know, your parents are only going to die once, and if that's the song that you're you associate with. That I'm with them, yeah, and that and that's what I mean about the love. You know, when someone comes up and says something like that, you just wow, we're connected. You know, yeah. you've put me into your life with this little song of mine, and that song is true to me. You know, it isn't like if I'm not like that. You know, I'm not just like that, but a lot of me is, is like that song. Uh -huh. So I, I think it's a great it's a great world. You know, to go around and if, if people know me through my music, what a great what a I mean, that's the the greatest compliment your art can have is that they know you through. The dumb shit you say. Yeah. I think yeah. that's a good place to end. Excellent. Thanks, Wayne. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. Yeah. Now let's beat him up. Okay. All right. <laughs>
You can donate to the show. You can get the app. You can see who's been on the show. You can get on the mailing list. You can see the new merch. Some shirts are coming. We're going to do a Coop Hot Rod shirt. Uh, that's uh, That should be coming out soon. If you're in Phoenix, come see me tonight. It's Stand Up Live. Boy, what else do I got to tell you? That DVD with the first 100 episodes on MP3 files, like some of you have been asking for, is out. You can go to uh, aspecialthing.com slash WTF and get it there. You can get a link to it at WTFpod.com. Uh, people are digging it. The packaging is beautiful. I'm happy to bring it to you. I'm still happy to do this show. I'm happier than usual. Man, that's a problem. Can you hear my stomach growling? Did you hear that? Fuck, I better eat something. All right. 